to the Meaningful Marketplace. I'm Sarah Massoni from Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center, where I've helped countless dreamers launch their new food products. It's the science of taking a food delight from the kitchen to mass manufacturing and still keeping its great taste. That's what I do. I've been called the woman with the million dollar palate, although I haven't tried to cash that check yet. Listen in weekly for real life stories. Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce and author of Preservation Pantry, modern canning from root to top and stem to core. I love inspiring business owners to get started on their journeys, encouraging folks to be part of their local community, and I'm excited to help business owners tell their stories. Join us as we explore the journeys of women entrepreneurs in the food and beverage industry. Market of Choice is a proud sponsor of the Meaningful Marketplace because we believe in the power of local craft makers to reinvent the way food and beverage products get to market in Oregon. Our vision is to inspire, mentor, support, and assist local producers reach their fullest potential. For over 40 years, Market of Choice has been supporting our local farmers, ranchers, fisher folk, and entrepreneurs. We believe the way we source products has a positive ripple effect across our great state. That's why we're proud to offer 7,000 local products to our stores and that the majority of our purchases support the local regional food system. Hello and welcome to Missoni and Marshall, a meaningful marketplace. Thanks for joining us as we hear the stories of female food entrepreneurs. This is Sarah Marshall, owner of Marshall's Hot Sauce. And Sarah Missoni of Oregon State University's Food Innovation Center. Hey, Sarah, I have been following along on your Instagram and saw that you're making lots of jam still. Yes. This is the time, right? I know, because you gave me that wonderful jam pot. (laughs) I know. I didn't know it was going to spark such a jam fest. That's so awesome. And the jam pot is awesome. I've gotten really good at using it, and I'm able to whip up a batch of jam so fast. That's so cool. What's your favorite one that you've made so far? Well, so far I found these cherries that are actually called cherry strawberry and they make a beautiful bright pink red jam and it's so delicious on toast with butter. Yum. So they're, they're shaped like, I mean, they're cherries, but do they taste like strawberries? They taste like cherries, but they're the kind of the color of strawberries. Oh, that's really cool. I um, made a jam this week with um, golden raspberries that I got from Groundwork Organics. Yeah. And what did you put? Calendula in there? Or yeah. Yeah. Wait, we have, I got. You have that in your yard? I do. Yeah. And so what? I dried all the petals and then it matched so perfectly with the golden jam that I put it in there. So it's got a little bit of a like floral note with the sweet berry jam. And how does it taste? It's it's delicious. <laughs> oh man, I gotta trade you for some of my uh, cherry jam. Did you get a few jars of it, or only a couple? Or yeah, no, I bought a flat at the farmers market, so we made oh, quite okay. a bit. And I did one round just to kind of test the recipe. And then I froze some, I did half the flat of berries and then I froze some of the berries because I want to make sure it works with frozen berries. Cause I know a lot of people, um, you know, some people use fresh berries, but there's some people that can only, you know, get frozen berries. So, yeah, I, want, so I like to kind of test it. Have you seen people like out on the corners selling boxes of strawberries? They're all around Clackamas County. I and I, uh, my husband took me out to a farm stand out 
a little bit east of Damascus and we bought fresh local strawberries and I was in my kitchen making my strawberry jam and the neighbor came over. She heard I was making jam and she brought me this box of berries and I looked at it. I'm like, where did you get those berries? <laughs> they were enormous. They're like laid out perfectly in the box. I'm like, these are California berries. Oh, get yeah. them out of my kitchen. He's like, wait, won't you make jam from these? I was like, are you kidding me? I know. Oh, That's I the funny said, thing. Remember when we were talking to Sweet Creek last or the other week and they were saying that they can just smell the difference of berries cooking, like if they're fresh local yeah. ones or if they're not. Yeah, I've tried making uh, jam out of the strawberry from California and it just doesn't have the color. It sort yeah. of turned gray, actually. It was not very beautiful. And so what I did was I showed my neighbor how to cut the tops off and stick them on a baking sheet and put them in the freezer and they can just use them in their smoothies. Yeah. That's a good way mm -hmm. to do it. Yeah. There's there's all kinds of berries at the market right now. Um, I saw everything from like tay berries, blueberries, boysenberries. This is really the time, but they probably won't stick around too much longer. So if our no. listeners are thinking of making jam, they should do really now. start doing like, it now. Go today. The, the marion berries I bought were really, I had to pick through every pint. There was moldy ones in oh, every yeah. pint. Um, but it made delicious jam. I just picked through it, got it all cleaned up and yeah. telling myself, food science, food science, just pick <laughs> the mold out, you'll be fine. <laughs> the, and the Wednesday market at Chemensky Park, there's a lot of berry vendors there if people want to get some this week or the Saturday PSU too. Where is the Chemensky one? What do you it's mean? It's just right behind that? the Arlene Schnitzer concert hall, like in the park block. So it's like just down a little bit from where the normal big PSU one is. Oh, is that where the fountain thing is? There's like mm -hmm. a fountain. There's not, not a, a fountain, yes, but it's yes. a statue yep. that looks like yep. a fountain. Okay, yeah. I know where that is. It, it, I think it was a fountain, but you know, all the water turned off now. <laughs> yeah. But people should go out there and support your farmers and make your jam. It'll um, yeah. bring you joy throughout the year. Uh, I do have some food news. So our last episode, we offered a trivia challenge uh, to whoever knew which past guest released an ebook. Um, so the answer to that trivia challenge is that it is Elsie, and her new ebook is called "Spice It Up: Simple Dishes with a Haitian Twist." And mm. the only person who answered was my husband. <laughs> so. Oh, that's cheating. I could have answered. I I'm <laughs> like, you don't need a gift pack and some, maybe, I mean, he'd probably love jam from here. So, but anyways, but everyone should go and get a copy of Elsie's book. You can um, get it on her website, which is Creole Me Up. And it's a ebook. So you download it from her website. Uh, so everybody go support her. And if you're a food entrepreneur that has food news for us to announce, you can either DM us on Instagram at Masonian Marshall, uh, and we'll help spread the word about events, new products, and awards. And we want to help you do that. So send us a message. And we uh, are joined today by phone with Cindy Anderson of Manny's right. Choice. Hello, Cindy. Thank you. Uh, so that our listeners can find you on social media, can you give us your Instagram or whatever the best way to find you is? Yeah, um, you know, the website is always good, and it's mannyschoiceflower.com, and Manny's is spelled M-A-N-N-Y-S, and then choiceflower.com. 
um, on Instagram, it's also just Manny's Choice Flower. Facebook is just Manny's Choice. So all of the different ways work. Um, we probably do Facebook and the website the most. We're trying to get better at doing Instagram, but I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's always a challenge to have so many media outlets, but we're excited. I know, and I know there's like, yeah. Yeah. And there's more that you should be doing too, I'm sure. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, we want to walk through um, your journey as a food entrepreneur. And I think um, kind of a good place to start is just with the name. So where does the name Manny's Choice come from? Um, so he, it's actually the, the full story is on the website, of course. But um, I, Manny was actually just passed um, two weeks ago. Um, oh, shoot. Yeah, my one of my, my little puppy. Um, he's actually a little guy that I found almost 10 years ago on the side of the road starving to death. Um, it was nine pounds and um, about 24 hours away from, I guess, uh, passing away at that point in time. Um, and I rescued him because I'm a big animal fiend. Um, and uh, he's a, he was a little lapso-opso shifty dog who just stole my heart. I've always had big dogs and never knew I could love a little guy so much. Um, but about, well, it's probably been three or four years ago, three, three to four years ago, he started uh, having seizures really, really bad. And um, my background is uh, I did my bachelor's in dietetics at Oregon State and um, some nutrition. And I also have my MBA from there. But anyways, it kind of, I have another company as well that kind of took a lot of my time and life away and a lot of my focus of health. Um, I used to, I was most of my life extremely health oriented, exercising, cooking food, um, just really, really, you know, that was always at the forefront of kind of almost everything that I did every day um, through this other company and just all the time involved with it. Um, a lot of that kind of became not a priority and then when Manny started getting sick, uh, we tried all kinds of stuff, all this different medicine from the vet. Nothing helped. And in fact, me trying to give it to him would stress him out even more, which would onset the seizures in itself. And so, like, at one point, I thought I was going to have to um, put him down. He's having, like, three seizures a day. And I'm just like, what do I do? Uh, and so something just kind of hit me that said, you know, just stop and just go back to, you know, being clean and nature and put, give them everything you can as healthy and as pure as you can. And sure enough, within about a week, he stopped all the seizures. And so I don't know if it was like actually an additive in one of the food or something that he had been having or, or what it completely was. Um, but they completely stopped. And that was a huge trigger for me to go, geez, you know, nice big slap in the face of what am I doing to myself? You know, um, and knew that I had let a lot of health issues go and stuff like that. But I really contribute kind of my eye opening moment to, you know, to him and getting me kind of back on track. And so that was, um, and one of my big issues that I deal with is being gluten intolerant. And so, um, yeah, so he kind of, through all that experience triggered me to, to kind of get back on track. And so I thought it was appropriate to name the company after him. Perfect. So we, yeah, we know where your inspiration came from, but now can you tell our listeners what it is that you sell? 
Yeah. So um, I sell a lot of different uh, products. The main focus is uh, cooking flour that is imported from Italy and Europe. So a lot of people here within the U.S. who are gluten intolerant, like I said, myself included, um, I get super sick 20 minutes after I eat almost any American flour. Um, and I'll get to the point sometimes uh, I have, I don't know if it's like a particular type of American flour or the quantity um, that I've eaten. If I do cheat, sometimes I'll get to the point where literally I feel like I have the flu. Um, so my nutrition background had me for about a year and a half. I was real sick and I went to the doctor and they said, sounds like you're gluten intolerant. Like, this just doesn't make sense. Why all of a sudden is so, are so many people in America becoming gluten intolerant? You know, our parents, our grandparents didn't have to deal with this. What is going on? So I did a whole bunch of research and stuff and found that a lot of people who went, um, who are sick here in the U.S. can go to Europe and eat all their flour and pasta and everything else fine and not be sick. I'm like, this is crazy. So I actually um, talked with an importer, brought in, I think it was three 55-pound bags of different types of flour um, and some pasta uh, from Italy and Europe and tried it. And lo and behold, I didn't get sick. I gave it to family and friends and stuff who usually get sick. They tried it and they didn't get sick. Now, you know, this all has gluten in it. Um, so it's not a gluten-free flour. But, um, and so, yeah, so the flour is the main, the cooking flour. It's a great all-purpose flour. Um, is the main product that, that we have. Uh, we currently have five-pound bags and then we're working on developing a two-pound bag and also a commercial 30-pound bag here. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, so that's the main, our main product that we sell, but we do have other like sauces and um, 100% pure Italian flour grain pastas um, for sale. Also, um, some chocolate from Italy and all kinds of extra kind of good stuff. That sounds delicious. So Sarah Masoni, you're um, gluten-free, a gluten-free gal as well. Have you tried her flowers? Have you tried the manuscript? I did. I, a couple of winters, Christmases ago, I made cinnamon rolls with them and they were delicious. That's awesome. And did you, because I was reading your testimonials, Cindy, and it seems like there's a lot of people that, um, that try your products and they're so surprised that they can eat it and they don't get sick. Do you know what the reason is or what the difference is between Italian flour and American flour? You know, there's a lot of different reasons. I don't think that there's just one. Um, some of the differences that I've discovered is, um, you know, as we all know, American flour, we is heavily sprayed with pesticides that, you know, some of it, you use also on your lawn and you're not even supposed to allow your animals to walk on it for three days, but yet we're ingesting it. Um, so obviously that's probably causing damage, even if it's a week or two or whatever down the road, it's still on there. Uh, you know, our wheat is not technically genetically modified, but it is changed and modified, not genetically, but it's modified to resist bugs, to resist weather, to not break down, you know, to be more hardy. Well, you know, go, trying to digest as our bodies need to digest, I wouldn't be surprised if that's a factor. Um, also, the way that we mill our flour here can increase the gluten. I've heard anywhere from 50 to 500 fold its natural element. Um, it burns the kernel. Uh, you know, we bleach our flour. Like all of those things are things that uh, in Europe they don't do. Um, and at least not to the level that we do. Um, you know, it's good old world. The flour I bring in is good old world 
uh, grains and it's milled in the traditional sense. It's not speed milled where it increases the gluten content. So you're having a natural um, amount of gluten in there. Uh, there's just, there's, there's a lot of different differences or reasons why I think kind of the combination of all of them and probably a lot more, you know, that I don't know at this point yet either are just all factors why, you know, so many of us can get sick. We get sick in the U.S. and can go over there. And not only do we not get sick, but it actually energizes us the way a grain is supposed to. A grain, um, you know, from my nutritional background is actually supposed to grab the toxins within your body and pull them through. It's going to work more like a complex carb, a traditional grain. Our grains are so processed. They work as simple sugars. You know, we crash after we eat them. Um, and they're, you know, they're an inflammatory instead of an anti-inflammatory. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's just a combination of all those. And who knows? I'm sure a lot of other things, like I said, too, that I don't know yet. Can you tell us how you found a, a partner in importing? How did you figure that all out? That sounds like it's confusing and complicated. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very. Um, it took me, I bet, about six months of contacting a, every Italian, European supplier, distributor, everything that I could find to um, actually get one to who was knowledgeable. Um, I ran through this. It was about six months to find a good flour one, six months to find a good pasta one. A lot of the suppliers and stuff, they don't even understand. And I would contact them and I'm like, I need, you know, a grain that is a hundred percent Italian and or European. It has to be. And if you go to the store, you'll see a lot of products that say product of Italy imported from Italy. The vast majority of those are actually either made 100% with American grain or a blend of American grain and European grain. And so it it was just like perseverance, perseverance, calling and they, oh, yeah, this is, you know, this is from Italy. And I, you know, as time went by, had learned enough to go. And then I would spend hours and hours and hours and hours researching on my own every time they said that, you know, this, this flower is 100% or this. Uh, pasta is 100% Italian or European. And then I would do research on my own. And 95% of the time, the suppliers were wrong. And it was either a blend of US or it was even 100% US grain, even though the company who owned it was from Italy. And even sometimes they ship American grain over there, package it and send it back saying product of Italy. Um, And so it was just it was just like time and time and time. And then of course, the ultimate test is myself trying it. <laughs> Do I get sick? <laughs> so anytime I've got like one of my, my, I have two different suppliers, one that does the flour and then one that does the pasta. And uh, every time that they try to, you know, present something that's new, like before I do anything, it's like, I'm going to try it out on myself. I may do all my research and all that sort of stuff, but, but I'm the, the first guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're our first guest to, um, be an importer and are there challenges that come with that? I mean, once you found the product, is it tricky to get it here? Um, it is. And I, I'm not an importer where I'm doing it alone. I'm partnering um, mm-hmm. with some people who, um, who are doing it, but yes, it, it definitely is, especially obviously with everything going on right now. Um, it's been, a, it has been a real challenge to, um, you know, estimate, uh, you know, inventory and, um, and all of that, you know, the, the time on the water is about two to three months. 
Um, and it can vary even more past that. So uh, it's definitely, definitely been a challenge. And then once you um, get the flower here, do you repackage it here in the States? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So I have, and that's been a whole nother challenge too. So we had this great co-packer I was working with in Eugene. Uh, they worked with people with disabilities and it was just so neat to go down and see their whole, whole organization. It was huge. And they just had all these people who'd worked there for like, some of them I heard like over 20 years. And unfortunately from funding cuts, um, they were shut down this last year. So this last mm-hmm. year, along with the extra demand because of people cooking at home now, um, I've had to like scurry and try to find new co-packers and, um, yeah, so it's, it's been, it's been really interesting. I miss, miss that other plant down there. They were really neat people. So I think I found one up here actually in the Clackamas area so that, that, um, hopefully we can start partnering together and that'll work well. So. That's and good. It, yeah, you, so you have your, your flowers, kind of your main product, but then you have other things that you sell on, on your site, the pastas and sauces and things like that. How do you choose what you're going to um, sell? Is it just things that you really love or is it kind of curated or? It's kind of a combination. Um, what I hear from some of my current customers and what kind of demand that they have that they want. Um, and a lot of it is what I like. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, the main focus is, is um, the cooking flour, but I want to offer, you know, there's other, there's been all kinds of controversy, even with um, American tomatoes and stuff and how they're processed. Uh, and if you taste some of the sauces that I have, they're handpicked and just really fresh. Uh, like it, I don't pretty much everybody who tries them, there's like, this is unbelievable. Most pasta sauces, I always add seasoning and stuff to. And, you know, the ones that I carry are just full of flavor and they're pure. So, you know, they're not forced ripened tomatoes. Uh, they're handpicked. And, and most of, I think almost all the brands that I have, they're processed within three days of being picked, um, literally canned and ready to go. So that's the type of flavor that you're getting f- from them. Um, a, a bunch of it just comes back to the health of the products. You know, um, I started carrying an Italian rice, which, um, you know, it just because there's a lot of, uh, you know, negatives kind of around the health of even the rice that we can get. And so it, a lot of it has just been health driven to where I'm trying to cover as many needs as I can out, you know, outside of the flour itself. And so just kind of exposing a little bit at a time and seeing what people need and what people like, kind of, kind of the process. And actually, believe it or not, I don't like chocolate, but I know the vast majority of the world does. And so I did start bringing in some Italian chocolate for them. (laughs) So it's not all what I like. (laughs) I have a question for you, Cindy. I was wondering Uh how you decided, well, I know it was health related, but you have a very good business um, in your custom stone creations. Can you tell us how you established your core values for that business and how that's transferring over to this new business that you've created in the food industry? Yeah. So my other company that I have right now is like you said, custom stone creations, and we're actually uh, countertop fabricators. Um, I am one of the only, if not the only woman owned uh, non-couple husband and wife, just female owned um, countertop company. I started up 13 years ago. Uh, you know, I'm an extremely hard worker. 
I consider myself a pretty good person, kind person, fair. Um, and most of, so I have about eight people working for me right now and almost all, but one of them have worked for me for anywhere from, so out of 13 years being in business, I have one person who's worked for me for 12 years, two people who've worked for me for 10 years, one person who's worked for me for nine years, um, one for six, and then the gal who's actually helping me, Angela, with Manny's Choice, uh, she started about eight months ago. Um, and so that's how I'm trying to also run Manny's Choice. It's not uh, just a company, but we're a family. We produce a uh, you know, even though it's countertops for the construction company, like I care about each customer and my employees also care about each customer. And that's the type of employees that I hire, even though it's just countertops, you know, it's a purpose. These are, the, you know, people's homes that we're going into. Um, and we want them to be comfortable and feel like that they're a priority. And same thing with Manny's Choice, you know, I'm, I feel responsible for people's health and, you know, I want to do all I can to help make people, you know, with everyday foods that you have, like, what can we do to, you know, just help make that cold go away. And I think so much of it we can do with our food is fight, you know, inflammation and infections and all kinds of stuff with the food. And so that's kind of that same, you know, care and passion and, and drive for that. Um, and so, th- those are the type of people that I try to hire and install throughout the culture. So after you install a new counter in somebody's beautiful kitchen, do you leave them a package of your Manny's Choice flour? <laughs> that is that is actually, no, seriously, that is actually something that we have recently started doing. Yeah, um, that's and I, a good idea. Yeah. You can fill yeah, their whole actually, cupboard. <laughs> yeah. And at the um, countertop company, we sell uh, Manny Choice flour and a lot of the other products. And it's really interesting. I have contractors, these tough guys who come in there and they're like, what is this? And I explain it to them. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're right. When I went over to Europe, my wife didn't get sick or I didn't get sick. And we're, I had a, a guy from Greece who, Lord have mercy, he bought so much stuff, you know, it's a big, tough guy, and he's like, oh, I haven't had this kind of food in forever, and so, like, it's really, it's pretty cool, because people um, who come in for countertops will see some of the stuff that we have for sale there, and, like, you know, we sell a fair amount out of the, the countertop shop. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a good combo. Hey, uh, we're going to take a quick break and we will come back and talk more about Manny's Choice Flower. Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace. Committed to serving all Oregonians with the mission to advance the science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production. We are inspired by the creativity of food innovation, new economic opportunities, and new experiences because food brings people together. Okay, and we are back from break. And Cindy, can you tell us about some uh, new products that you have coming out? Yeah, so we, um, the main, got a couple, two different avenues that we're working on. The first one are, is bread mixes. So we're going to do different mixes because I know not everybody has time or has a desire to cook, you know, bread and everything else from scratch. So in order to kind of help, you know, 
help everybody be as healthy as we can, given their time and their desires just to cook, we've decided to start coming out with some mixes. And so we're going to do a pancake mix, a brownie mix, and then initially a basic uh, bread mix. Um, from the bread mix, we will probably expand and do like some different flavors and some rosemary and some garlic and different things like that. But initially, within hopefully about three to four months, we should have all three of those mixes out. So and Sarah has been a big help. We talked with her a few months ago about um, using the Food Innovation Center to help kind of get that going. And so we're excited to to jump in there and um, develop those. Uh, the other thing, too, that um, that we're looking at doing is doing some actually doing our own private labeling of Manny's Choice uh, hand peeled Italian tomatoes. So I have actually had a hard time. Yeah, um, I'm testing them out right now. So I could ship you guys some to test if you want um, some. Uh, I've had a hard time keeping stock of pure hand peeled Italian tomatoes. And I have a pretty good demand of people who really want them. And, you know, the flavor is great. Again, they're fresh picked and everything else. And so I've been talking with one of the the suppliers in Italy and our manufacturers, and they're willing to start doing some private labeling for them. So right now we're in test uh, to see what the response is, what everybody, you know, likes and make sure that the demand is there before I move forward with that. But so far, it's been really good. And so I'm excited to, to have that uh, coming to market, too. That sounds delicious. Yeah, I think, um, we, you know, Sarah and I, before you were, um, before we introduced you, Cindy, we're talking about jam and, and canning, you know, we're big into that kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I think, you know, in Italy and, and even in Spain and a lot of other places, people are very into canning and preserving and, um, you know, growing f- pure food and then just keeping it in its purest form. And I don't know what went wrong over here, but <laughs> we, our food manufacturing <laughs> yeah. practices are just not that way. And so I think, um, Sarah Masoni, I don't know if you notice a big movement of this, but it seems like people here are really realizing that and trying to make their own products and their own things or have their own um, individual spin on just really going back to how things used to be because we've really taken this huge turn. It's true. And if you need information on any of that, you can go to the OSU Extensions website and they have all sorts of different um, brochures and printed materials that you can get for a small price or maybe even free. And you can learn about canning and stuff like that if you want to start doing that in your own home kitchen. Yeah. You're a master canner, aren't you, Sarah? Uh, I did the program through Washington State University. Um, yeah, they, there isn't one here in Oregon anymore, I don't think, or they might have one down in Corvallis that runs, but I don't know yeah. if they're running it right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think it's good. And I think that, um, Cindy, that's the kind of thing that you're talking about. That's what they're doing in Italy is they're just preserving things in their natural form. And that's why they taste so good. And I do think a lot of it does have to do with seeds, too. Um, you mentioned that a little bit, but seeds and farming, because even sometimes things are bred certain ways and it will change the the flavor, it'll change the structure. And for whatever reason, with our things that are grown here, um, you know, a lot of that has, has changed over the years. So it's probably just more pure in Italy. That's why you're noticing those better flavors, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, really good point about the, just the flavor aspect of it. I have a number of um, chefs and uh, people who do private catering who have started using Manny's Choice and swear to God that there's 
nothing better tasting that they've had out there. Like I'll give them something just to, you know, a bag just to try out. And they, you know, of course, reluctantly, all right, all right, whatever. And then they're, oh my goodness, which, which is what also led me to start doing. We're going to be doing 30 pound uh, bags for the food service industry. So that, mm-hmm. um, that will probably have finished, if not this month, then by the end of next month. So we have, um, do you know, Anton Kimball? Yeah. The designer. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So he, he's working on redoing our, all of our bags um, for both residential and, uh, and for the food service industry. So hopefully we can, with the new bagging, get uh, into like market of choice and we want to start hitting some specialty shops. So you don't have to just order it online or come to custom stone creations. <laughs> you have other avenues. Um, you, you mentioned Anton and we've never talked about him on the show before, but we should because <laughs> he, um, he actually designed our logo and our business cards too. Sarah, I think sends him all kinds oh, of right. people, but he, um, so he, just for our listeners out there, Anton has a, um, a studio in Portland and he does a lot of packaging design and, um, logos, logos and things like mm-hmm. that. And he's been around for a very long time and very well versed in the food industry. So if you're um, a new company that's thinking about f- needing to find a designer, I mean, I would recommend him for sure. He's so wonderful. And he has the yeah. coolest design space I've ever been in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No so. kidding. I know. It's, it's very eclectic. Very, very yeah. interesting. Yeah. He's, he's a neat guy, but yeah, he's done, a, I think he did Willamette Egg Company's there. Um, all of their packaging and yeah. almond Nordstrom. Rosa and Widmere. Nordstrom logo yeah. he did, Guinness beer. Yeah. 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 And he's an, he's a neat guy and you can tell he really cares about what he does too, which, yeah. which to me was a big deal as well. Um, you know, I knew I needed to get kind of the bags redesigned. We kind of had a, like just a basic, you know, the plastic polymer bags to kind of just prove the concept and stuff and make sure you know, it's going to be viable. And so now to get it more shelf ready, uh, you know, I knew that the bags need to be, you know, something that's better for sitting on the shelf than all of that. And just a little bit more presentable um, than right now, like I said, it's just, a, it's a polymer bag with the labels on it and stuff. And, and so I was kind of nervous because I'm like, I, I've talked with, for the countertop company, a lot of different marketing companies I've used and none of them, kind of have the care for the food industry. Like I've gotten to know them more as their designer. This is a job, but he really cares about food. And the other thing I like about him is he will tell you, you know, in order for, if somebody's looking at a shelf, he understands the sales perspective of it as well. And so, you know, he's really good about telling you, okay, well, I want this book. Well, let me tell you that if, a lady standing at a shelf and these are the type of things for this type of product that, that she's going to see in order for years to stand out, then we need to do X, Y, and Z. So he really thinks it through. It's not just, Oh, here's another job. Um, he really cares about it. And yeah, and it was pretty cool. He, he, he acted very excited, seemed very excited to, uh, to take on my project. So he's like, you've got a, a totally unique thing. Um, and we're trademarking, the term the good gluten because uh, that essentially is the difference of my flour it has gluten in it but it's actually a good gluten for you 
you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so like I said, we're trademarking it and he's, he loves that. He's like, Oh my gosh, this is great. So it's been really fun to, <laughs> to work with him through the whole experience. And I think uh, this week we're supposed to get a couple of prototypes back. So that'll be exciting to see. And then hopefully by the end of the month, if not the end of this month and the middle of next month, we'll have actually all of the new packaging out and for sale and, and ready to, to rock and roll that way. Cool. Yeah. That's exciting. That's so exciting. Yeah. From, so, from how many long time ago when I first started talking with you, Sarah? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, finally going. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I remember when you first, when did you first come into the Food Innovation Center? Was it four or five years ago or? I think it was about three. It was right after I went through cancer. I had mine in yeah. 2017. Yep, you were just diagnosed. Yeah. Yep. Yep, you were just diagnosed and I was just getting out of it. So, yeah, yeah I actually was, so I was going to start up Manny's Choice right before I was diagnosed with brain, with, with breast cancer. And, yeah. um, and then, of course, the whole next year, all I did was have surgeries after surgeries and stuff. Um, yeah. But through that next year, and I just thought, oh, my gosh, I can't take another thing on. I'm, you know, probably going to let it go, da, 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 da. But I had somebody through that whole next year, at least one person a week going, when are you starting that company? I need that flower. Who had tasted like the prototype flower I had brought in before. And, um, you know, and they didn't get sick from it. And they liked the flavor and all that. And they're like, we need more of that flower. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't do this on top of the other company. But because everybody, you know, through that year of me being sick and almost going to let it go, you know, Manny's Choice Go!, um, just constantly had so many people coming to me. I'm like, all right, this is something I need to do. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not just a, something I want to do, you know, for myself even so I can have good flour or something like this is a real need. So that kind of, do you think having cancer made you a different person? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, this is definitely, Construction is not really my passion. Um, I love stone, uh, like granite and quartzites and all of that, because to me, that's a piece of artwork. So I like yeah. that aspect of it, but I I love to cook. I'm a foodie. You know, I went to um, school to be a dietitian, you know, and so health and nutrition. So, uh, you know, especially after getting cancer, I'm like, okay, I have to do things organic, just like what I had to do with Manny. You know, I had to make things clean and pure to keep him healthy. Like me getting cancer was also a kick in my pants for, hey, look, this is important for you, too. You need to be clean and pure. And what is causing cancer and all these other things in you? I've had people with I had one customer who had, as he put it, debilitating arthritis. If he would just barely bump his um, his finger on the edge of like a countertop or whatever, he'd about buckle to the ground. Well, he said that he, yeah, he said that he has um, eaten Mediterranean sort of diet for two to three years, pretty strict, but still had, he had heartburn really bad um, and had been on heartburn meds for like 25 years or something and the arthritis. And he decided to do a month and just only eat my grain, my flour and my pasta. And just because he thought it would just be healthier and he tasted some and it tasted better and stuff. So he just changed that out. And he said his heartburn was gone. He was off of his heartburn meds uh, first time in 25 years. And his arthritis went away. 
Now, I'm not making any oh. medical claims that my flower can do, <laughs> but I think <laughs> that it, <laughs> I know, yeah, but but I think that, you know, and I've had so many other um, customers who have told me similar, just crazy stuff like that, that, you know, from my dietetics background, I understand it's still mind boggling, even though I hear customers say this all the time, and I know with myself and stuff, um, but it's actually healthy for you. It's, you know, I've had customers who... I had two different customers, one who ate some of the pasta and one who made a loaf of bread with my flour and two, two different customers independently who said that they uh, did diet. I don't, I didn't ask them if they were diabetic. I'm guessing them or somebody in their family was or is, but they did the testing of the diabetic strip um, before they ate. And then they ate the pasta or the bread or whatever and did a test right afterwards. Well, normally your sugars are going to go through the roof. And both of them told me that it didn't change at all. Because I think, again, like, you know, we kind of mentioned before, you know, grain and its wholesome element is going to work more like a complex carb than a simple sugar, you know? And I, I'm guessing that the guy with the arthritis, that, it, you know, it works where it grabs the toxins and it works as a anti-inflammatory instead of an inflammatory, um, element in your body. So, um, I'm not a doctor, but these are just things that customers have said to me. And it's just that much more motivation for me to kind of, you know, get it out there and just help as many people as I can. You know, like I said, not just for the flavor, but it, it just, it, it really fuels me when I hear stories like that. I'm like, yes, this is why I'm doing this. <laughs> this is so cool. That's cool. Yeah, I think that's a really nice thing about your website too, is that you post all those testimonials because, um, you know, it, it doesn't have to be you saying this is what is happening. Like all these people are having these experiences and putting them up there, I think is really helpful for people that are maybe um, wanting to change some things in their life because they can kind of see what other people's experiences are. Cindy, yeah, that's you, I need to, um, oh, go ahead. I was going to ask you if you got to choose a celebrity to be your spokesperson, who would it be? <laughs> that's a fun question. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, but I get to get to get to get um, sorry. That's a weird noise. I make time to time. <laughs> <laughs> would it be somebody kind of from the movie, the Godfather? <laughs> oh my goodness that would just be nuts I think it'd be like um Bobby Flay or something like that oh Bobby Flay okay <laughs> yeah <laughs> I want to be on his show that'd be so awesome <laughs> you should send him some of your product yeah we're getting ready that's another thing that uh Angela and I are working on is putting together kind of uh, a package of the flour and the pasta uh, and a couple of other items to exactly send out to some people, you know, who would be influencers or, you know, just enjoy the product and stuff. But kind of that's that hopefully we'll start getting a bunch of those out in about two to three months. I want to wait till the new packaging is done on the flower first, of course. So. That's a good idea. And we want to be able to um, send listeners to you directly to get products. So is the best way to do that through your website? It is. Yeah, there okay. are. I do have the flour on sale on Amazon as well. I'm going to okay. have I have Italian yeast as well uh, that we're going to put up on uh, Amazon. But to be honest, it's a little cheaper to do it through the website. And if you're local in the Portland area, 
Um, then I don't have all the products, but I have some of the products at Custom Stone Creations that you can pick up. Um, oh, you can where always. Is that? Uh, it's in Milwaukee off Highway 99. Okay. Yeah, so it's just off of 205. Um, yeah, cool. the website is the best way. You're close What's to that? Sarah and I. We should we should come in and and see the shop. Is it? Are you open now or is it closed because of all the COVID stuff? Nope, we're open. Uh, cool. Construction still considered essential, so we yeah. are open. We're trying to do it. Of course, customers coming in by appointment, so we don't have multiple customers there at the same time. But mm -hmm. yeah, we're opening, fully functioning. So yeah, that'd be great, great to have you guys come on in. Yeah, yeah we're close that would by. Be fun. Oh, good. Yeah, I know. I, um, yeah, I've been up to to um, you guys' place, the OSU Extension Center. Is that the or food, food Innovation Center, correct? Yeah, that's right. Are you out of there too, both of you? I know. No, Sarah is actually Sarah a food there. On, Yeah, Sarah's a food entrepreneur. She has a business that um, she handcrafts delicious hot sauces. Hot sauces, okay. Yeah. Okay. I was reading a little bit of... Uh, um, yeah, about about your background and stuff. It's very interesting. Yeah, it's kind of um, fun. I, I just love being in in food and talking with people in food. Yeah, you can always meet good buddies in the food industries. Um, we don't have too much time left, and I wanted to know if you have um, any advice for anybody that's thinking about starting their own business or women interested getting into the food world. Any advice you have for anyone? Yeah, um, I would say don't try to do it on your own. <laughs> uh, any successful business is going to take a team of people. Um, the you know the Food Innovation Center there has been a great tool. Um, the Oregon Entrepreneurial Network is it network or forum, Sarah? Network OEN. Network okay, OEN. I think it used to be forum years ago. I don't know. I keep okay. having OEF stuck in my head. Yeah. Uh, they have been fabulous and they have that new series that I'm going to be a part of coming up that Did helps you sign you up for the Oregon I, angel food or whatever it is. OAF. Yes. Yep. You did. I okay. think so. That's the one. So the four, it's going to be like a two month with once a week, kind of the course studies. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I'm doing that. So, yeah. Okay. So I think for me, um, the biggest help, uh, for, launching becoming successful not that i'm i'm not into like great profit or anything yet <laughs> but but i think i couldn't have done a half of what i have done if i didn't have and look for and rely on the knowledge and skills of other people around me who have done it before you know the centers like the food innovation center where they that's what they're there for is to help you know food entrepreneurs um, and then, you know, the, there's just, there's so many other classes that you can do the small business, um, administration, uh, you know, there's just a lot of them. I, so I would, I would say the quicker you want to kind of turn your idea into an actual product, look for the help of others. Yeah, I think that's great advice for everybody. Cindy, thank you for um, joining us today. It was so great to hear your story and everybody should go order products from Manny's Choice, flower.com. You can check out her stuff there. And thanks for being on the show. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Cindy. <laughs> Marketed Choice. Bye.
is Oregon's largest independent family-owned grocery store with 10 stores in Oregon. It's all about choice. We focus on having a wide selection of the finest and freshest conventional, natural, organic, local, and health-conscious products. We have more than 1,300 teammates, including real authentic chefs, bakers, butchers, cheesemongers, florists, and more. We all strive to create an authentic, relaxing, and enjoyable shopping experience with our customers and truly care about the community where our teammates and our customers live and work. To find the Market of Choice nearest you, please visit our website at www.marketofchoice.com. At Market of Choice, we buy local so you can too. We record Missoni and Marshall live every week. Tune in Fridays at 9 a.m. at startupradionetwork.com, or you can find us on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you to our audio engineer, Alon, and our production assistant, Chelsea. If you want to be a guest on the show, you can send us a message at Missoni and Marshall, or you can contact startupradionetwork.com. Until next week, thanks for joining us, everybody. Bye for now. Bye. Committed to serving Oregonians with the mission of advancing science that lives at the crossroads of conservation and production, Oregon State University's College of Agricultural Sciences and the Food Innovation Center are inspired by the creativity of new food development. We strive to find new flavors, new economic opportunities, new experiences, and honor diversity. We are proud sponsors of the Meaningful Marketplace because good food brings people together. You're listening to the Startup Radio Network. Listen, learn, launch. 10% of our gross revenue goes directly to women entrepreneurs in developing countries around the world through Kiva's microfinance program.